Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this March the 9th, 2022. It's a Wednesday here in Tucson. It's hump day, and it's 8.02 on your Tucson morning. And whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're choosing to listen via the live stream, which can be found on ESPNTucson.com, I appreciate you tuning in here to the Jeff Dean Show every weekday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., bringing you uh, everything that I can. I know that you have an option of where you get your morning entertainment, news, information, opinions, whatever have you. And I appreciate you choosing the Jeff Dean Show. We'll just continue to do what we do here, and that's talk NFL every single day. That's my promise to you here on the Jeff Dean Show is to talk NFL. Um, even though, you know, it's funny, I was talking with Mary during the break. You know, yesterday we, we talked about the Calvin Ridley situation and whether or not the NFL was too heavy-handed in their dealing of the, the discipline, uh, you know, the discipline that was doled out uh, for the you know for the the gambling that he that he did on his own team, let alone the NFL, and I <clears throat> I feel like you know I, I made my opinion very well known that the NFL was not heavy handed. They were just doing what they've always done anytime they've dealt with a gambler, and that's give them a one game a one year suspension, and then have them file for reinstatement. And then you know there are some of them that they just like you know what we don't want you to be reinstated. You you are too much of a problem. Uh, and others they welcome back in. And those players continue to have Hall of Fame careers. But it just doesn't happen that often. So that's why we're kind of like, oh, one year, that's ridiculous. And the last time it happened, it happened to some backup who was on the practice squad and wasn't even with the team at the time. So, <clears throat> so you know, we, I think, you know, we were, you know, a little bit quick to jump on the NFL and their, you know, so-called hypocrisy that many people were, were talking about. But it was funny because Mary and I were talking about because I put the poll up yesterday do you think that the the, uh, the NFL was in the right or in the wrong in their dealing of the the disciplinary action against Calvin Ridley? And it received 31 interactions, as opposed to the poll the previous day about Arizona having the mentality of tanking the the Pac-12 tournament so that they can be well rested for the NCAA tournament, not you know not worrying about seeding and basically stuff like that. That received 350 engagements. So I know where y'all's love is, and listen, I'm not, I'm not surprised that Wildcat basketball was moving the needle a hell of a lot more than uh, one of the biggest stories in the country yesterday involving the NFL, um, specifically gambling and stuff like that. I mean, I didn't realize it would be that big of a difference, but uh, listen, Wildcat fans are passionate, man. That's what I love about you guys. Uh, so let's talk some NFL. That's my promise to you every single day here on the Jeff Dean Show. Look, it's, it's, it's king. We all know it is. And there's always news. There's always something going on with the NFL. Off-season, on-season, don't even matter. Like, every day, there's something we can talk about. Yesterday was, pardon me, yesterday was franchise tag deadline day. The deadline came and went at 2 p.m., and uh, alas, it emerged with eight players in the NFL receiving a franchise tag. There were several players that did not receive tags that I think, I think that's more of the story than the guys who did receive the tag. Bucks receiver Chris Godwin, they had to they had to tag him if they wanted to keep him for another year. He was as good as gone um, if they if they didn't tag him. So that was a wise move by them. The Jags tagged Cam Robinson for the second year in a row. He's a former first round pick. 
this will be, you know, now they're going to be having to pay him 120% of the salary that he made last year. So tack on another 20% essentially. So they're going to pay him a little bit more, and I do think that the Jags are going to draft a new left tackle. I think they're going to they'll let Cam Robinson go or, you know, find a, a more suitable, you know, like a trade partner or something like that for him. But regardless, I think this will be Cam Robinson's last year. And it was a, it, like, it's an expensive move to tag him, but he's good enough, and the free agent market for left tackles right now ain't so hot. So uh, it was a good move by the Jags in my opinion. <clears throat> then three tight ends got tagged yesterday. Mike Jasicki of the Dolphins, good player, especially in the red zone. David Njoku, who has never really panned out as much uh, for the Browns. It's For me, when I watch Njoku, I, I see a really ridiculously athletic f- football player who just can't get it right between the ears. Like, he's, uh, like he just can't, he can't figure out the offense, can't figure out where he needs to be. Like, I've heard he's problems in practice. Like, they constantly have to continue going over stuff with him. So maybe it's a listening issue. I don't know. But uh, nonetheless, David Njoku gets the, uh, gets the tag with the Browns. And Dalton Schultz, who was a guy that the Cowboys were pr- probably going to lose to free agency, they weren't going to be able to pay him. But they tag him, and uh, those guys will make about $10.9 million um, if they play out their year under the terms of the tag. So that's not, that's not too bad. The, the two that made the most, you know, the, the, that made the biggest splash yesterday, though, as far as tags go, Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams, of course. Like Devontae wants to be paid as the number one receiver in the league. There are many people that believe that he is the best wide receiver in football. It would be hard to argue that based on his numbers, his production, things like that. Um, he does have a very good quarterback throwing him the football. Uh, we'll put it that way as well. And Bengals safety Jesse Bates, who was going to be the number one available safety in free agency, most likely the number one safety available. Um, he gets locked up for uh, for one year with the uh, with the franchise tra- tag, and that basically rounds out the group. Now, the, the the players that didn't get tagged, I think, is more of the more of the story here. And we'll talk uh, in in about what is it about twenty minutes about twenty minutes with Tyler Drake. He's our Cardinals insider. We'll talk about this because you know Chandler Jones, the edge rusher for the Cardinals, what, 31, 32 years old, didn't get tagged. And he wants to be paid as a top five edge rusher. But then you watch him play and you're like, okay, so you showed up for six of our 17 games this year. And in those six games, you produced extremely well. And in those other 11 games, you combined for 10 tackles in those 11 games and one and a half sacks. So, hey, bro, like maybe a little more consistency and you can get paid as a top five player. But they didn't tag him, which means that they're not going to pay him as a a top five player, which means – they don't believe he is a top-five player at his position. Uh, Saints left tackle Taron Armstead. He did not get tagged, which I've, I was really surprised by that. He's a very good offensive tackle. Saints apparently don't think so. Don't think he's a top-five player. Uh, edge rusher for the Titans, Harold Landry. He's going to be available on the open market. Allen Robinson didn't get tagged by the Bears. I know Bears fans are upset about that. They like Allen Robinson. Certainly you're going to need weapons for Justin Fields there in Chicago. And Allen Robinson going to the open market, and he's going to be gobbled up by somebody. He's a good player. Uh, and then Marcus Williams, who's probably, I guess, now the number one safety on the free agent market. He's an excellent player. Uh, the Saints did not tag him uh, either. The Saints had some options of what they wanted to do, whether it was left tackle or safety. They did neither. <laughs> so uh, the Saints are, are going to be um, trying to rebuild some of the portions of their team uh, this season, and you know who knows what's going to happen. Quarterback position, all I mean, all kinds of different stuff going on in New Orleans. So, if you look at some of the 
some of the best free agents out there. Let's start at quarterback, okay, before I get into this whole Aaron Rodgers thing and, and the, the, the Russell Wilson thing, okay, based on what we're looking at right now, Teddy Bridgewater is most likely the best quarterback available. If your team needs quarterback and you're going to be using free agency for it, Teddy Bridgewater is the guy. Now, there are guys that are under contract that are probably going to be traded. Jimmy Garoppolo is likely to be traded within the next couple of weeks. Um, it, just reading the tea leaves out of San Francisco, it sounds like they're narrowing the deal down to a couple, three teams right now. Uh, they're fielding offers. They have been fielding offers. They kind of wanted to see how the surgery that he had went, and a lot of people kind of were like, oh, they backed off on that. It sounds like the surgery went extremely well. They were able to clean up the thumb, the wrist area uh, on his throwing hand, and they say that he'll be ready for training camp no problem this year. So that makes Jimmy Garoppolo the number one quarterback on the market right now, but he's under contract, so he's not a free agent. So if you're looking at, at FAs, Teddy Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, Mitchell Trubisky, and then you're like, then you're starting into the dregs, right? Then you got Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, uh, Tyrod Taylor, who I like, but he's 34 years old. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, Fitz Magic, who I love. I love. I love Ryan. Like, great guy. He's 40 years old. <laughs> okay, he's 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 done. Like he'll be he's he's backup if he wants to play this year. Uh, so not a whole lot out there as far as free agency goes, which is why. Teams are starting to climb over one another for quarterbacks who are available, which is why the Broncos did what they did yesterday, which is send a whole slew of assets up to Seattle, which Seattle was dearly and desperately needing for Russell Wilson. The relationship between Russell Wilson and his coach had deteriorated to the point where it was on par with where Russell Wilson was with his teammates. Look, there's been, there's been problems with Russ and his teammates there for several years. Um, I don't agree with the way that his teammates have gone about kind of uh, eschewing him out of their inner circle, the reasons that they used. And you can go look it up. I'm not even going to bring it up here because I don't even like talking about that kind of stuff because I don't, I don't understand it. Like why you have to say the people have to say the things they say uh, and the reasons why he was uh, essentially, you know, kind of pushed out of the inner circle of, of his teammates there in Seattle. Um, but, you know, and if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, feel free to look it up, why his teammates didn't like him. It, it's a ridiculous statement that I can't even grasp, so I won't even begin to talk about it. But Russell Wilson, the, the relationship had finally deteriorated between he and Pete Carroll so much that he just needed to get out of there. And sometimes, you know, and people are like, oh, Russell Wilson, his, his passer rating's gone down. It's declined each year over the last four years and stuff. Okay, yes, it has. Let's also see what else has deteriorated in Seattle uh, over the last four years. First of all, his relationship with his coach has been deteriorating over that time. The offensive line has never been right. They haven't been able to run, a, run the football with any type of authority in the last three or four years. They, they have signed tight ends whom either couldn't get open or Russ refused to throw the football to in a very tight end heavy league now. I think there's a lot of reasons why, and the defense isn't as good as it once was. There's a lot of reasons why his passer rating has gone down. He suffered his first real major injury of his career this season, and I thought he handled it poorly. Uh, you know, basically like, hey, look at me. I'm, I'm all better now. My pinky is fine. Like, taking pictures. I made it through surgery. Oh, you know, give me a break, dude. <laughs> like, maybe that's part of the reason why people don't like you. But nobody needed a change of scenery more than Russell Wilson, and he got it. Now, according to Adam Schefter at ESPN, 
there they were talking with the two entities talking. The, the Broncos and the Seahawks had been talking for about two weeks now. Once it became apparent to the Denver Broncos that Aaron Rodgers was going to be going back to Green Bay. Now, that's one side of the story. The story that the Broncos are trying to sell us is that Russell Wilson was our number one guy from the get-go. It's kind of right. That, like, that's kind of what you expect to hear from an organization. You hear it all the time out of in in, in the world of college in recruiting. Uh, he was our number one target, regardless. You know, we, you know, it, it, this was, you know, he was our number one guy the whole way, and we were never as interested in the other guy as people thought. Uh, no, you were just interested with whoever was going to sign their name. Like that's that's what you're interested in. The Broncos, I think, are largely the same way. I think the Broncos, it was obvious. I mean, they they hired Nathaniel Hackett for God's sake, He's like Aaron Rodgers' best friend. Like they they hired him to come in and run their football team. So obviously, they were targeting Aaron Rodgers. So to try to sell us this line that that Russ was your number one target all along, <clears throat> sorry, uh, we can see through that. Like you're, you're very transparent, and we know what you're doing, and it's okay. It's okay to admit that Russ was your second choice to Aaron Rodgers, the two-time MVP. Okay, it's it's okay to admit that. It's fine. Russ is not going to take exception to that. You still got yourself one hell of a football player yesterday, and now you look at the AFC West. My goodness, I mean, Russ goes. NFC West, right? Best division in football last year. Nobody would argue that. At the end of the year, kind of like, okay, well, maybe not, maybe not so much, but still very, very competitive, and nobody wanted to play teams in the NFC West. Like, you, just, you don't want to play a team coming out of the NFC West. They're difficult to play. They're tough to scheme against. They're just they're tough teams. Russell Wilson, I think most people would agree he was the second-best quarterback in the, in, the, in the division last year behind Matthew Stafford, ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo, ahead of Kyle Murray. He goes now to the AFC West with a ridiculously talented team, and it's kind of it's, it's kind of hard to slot where he's at. Some people think that Justin Herbert's a better quarterback than Russell Wilson. I'm not buying that. I still think Russ is the second best quarterback in that division, behind Patrick Mahomes. But nonetheless, bro, like you got some real arm talent in that division now, like top to bottom. You got Mahomes, you got Herbert, Carr. Like Carr goes to to being the fourth best quarterback in that division. That's insane. I heard yesterday. There was uh, there was somebody making a comparison. I can't remember who it was, and they were like making the comparison between the AFC and the NFC and how good the AFC is right now. They're right uh, that Kirk Cousins is arguably the fourth or fifth best quarterback in the NFC right now, and if he played in the AFC West, he'd be the fifth best quarterback in the AFC West. <laughs> it's true, it's true. So there you go, and and the AFC continues to get to, to continues to be strong, and uh, I'm not surprised. That, uh, that that that's where that's where Russell Wilson ended up. I I kind of had a feeling that that was going to be the case anyway. And uh, again, I'm not uh, I'm really not uh, all that surprised that uh, that Russell there is is in Denver. Now he's got a an extremely talented roster to work with. If they get KJ Hamler back, it gives them kind of like that you know that 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 scat receiver, the you know the the uh, the, the Randall Cobb type uh, you know type player underneath that can really dance and juke and and you know make people miss. And he's also got a little bit over the top, uh, over the top, uh, you know, juice well. So he's got a really good, really good roster. The Denver Broncos are going to be all in next year for a Super Bowl. However, I think people are forgetting one thing. All this talk about, oh, Russell Wilson, now the Broncos are a contender. They have a first-year head coach going into that division. <laughs> Ooh, good luck. First-year head coach. And, again, it's not like Brandon Staley's all that special. We don't know what Josh McDaniels is going to do, part two, you know, 2.0, Josh McDaniels, head coach. 
But we all know what Andy Reid brings to the, to the table, and we know some of the other coaches roaming the sidelines there in the AFC. Not going to be easy sledding for Nathaniel Hackett getting his first head coaching job and being able to have all that talent and having to put it all together and try to win football games in the most competitive division in football, the, now the best division in football, in the best conference in football. All right, Arizona FanDuel is going to give you the chance to shoot some threes on the Suns' home court at the Footprint Center. That's right. You can join FanDuel Sportsbook at the Footprint Center from March 13th to March 17th. Place any wager there at the live sportsbook, uh, a $100 wager on the bracket with at least plus 400 odds, and then you can register at FanDuel.com Phoenix to take your spot behind the three-point line and start launching some Spaldings into the air and hope that they draw nothing but net. Personally, I, I, it's not for me. Like I, you know, again, I'm not a good three-point shooter. Not even I'm not even considered a decent three-point shooter. I'm bad, just straight bad, and I always have been. I've never had good range ever. I knew, I knew my role. I stayed in my lane. I stayed within 15 feet of the basket at all times. That's where that's where I'm at. I'm at home. But some people really, really good at shooting threes. It could be you. You could take your shot and uh, and try to uh, try to have some fun there at the Footprint Center. Join them for the opening night of games as uh, FanDuel Sportsbook's going to be having a uh, little party out there on the outdoor terrace at America's number one sportsbook. You can watch the games live on their 40 televisions that they have there. Beautiful uh, setup there at the Footprint Center. And if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, that's cool too. Sign up online using my promo code. Just download the app. The app is super easy to use, easy to find, obviously. When you do it, when you sign up, use my promo code DEAN because what that will do is that will unlock their promo, the $1,000 risk-free promo, where you can bet, you can you place your first bet on FanDuel Sportsbook up to 1000 bucks risk-free. Yes, I mean it, folks. Many people have taken advantage of that. You could be next. Put your basketball shooting skills to the test on March 17th. Go to FanDuel.com slash Phoenix to get your spot on the court to shoot some trays and learn a whole lot more. 21 and over in President Arizona. In-person wager at Footprint Center required. Shootout occurs on March 17th from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Pacific. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. Come right back after this. Well, more NFL. we got Tyler Drake coming up in just a few right here on The Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN, Tucson. Tyler Drake, our Cardinals insider, coming up in just a few minutes. Be ready for that. We'll talk some Cardinal football with him, everything going on in the Kyler Murray saga, time and Cliff being tied at the hip, getting uh, re-upped just a week ago. So all kinds of stuff going on here with the Arizona Cardinals. That's next here on the Jeff Dean Show. Um... Last night, I, I just got to get something off my chest. Like, I had a five-leg parlay last night on FanDuel, okay? My, my parlay was the Florida, I had the Florida Panthers. I did a little mix. I did an NHL-NBA mix, a little, five, little five-legger, okay? I had the Panthers covering the spread against the Pittsburgh Penguins, okay? That came in, lovely. I had the over in the Coyotes-Red Wings games, in the Coyotes-Red Wings game. The Coyotes covered that by themselves when they hung nine goals on the wings last night in Detroit, so that one was beautiful. I had the Suns on the money line at Orlando. They took care of business. It was a little bit of a roller coaster, but they took care of business last night. And Memphis, I had Memphis on the money line. They drubbed the Pelicans by 30 or whatever it was. And then my easy one of the night, I was, okay, I'll take this easy one. I'll take St. Louis Blues at home against one of the worst teams in, in the NHL in Ottawa. And it was won two games in their last ten. No problem. St. Louis, just a money line. All they got to do is just win the game at home, and they lose 4-1. to one? 
You score one goal against one of the worst teams and screw my five-leg parlay. Damn it. <laughs> like, like, that was the easy one. I hate it when I lose the easy ones. I'm, I'm sweating through the first four, like, and the Coyotes are up. It was like 4-1, right, in, in the Coyotes game in the first period. I'm like, okay, I got this. Like, they just need to score one more goal. We're good here. Everything's fine. I'm good. And I'm sweating through the basketball games. And Florida, you know, I had Florida covering a one-and-a-half-point spread. So I'm like, all right, just, just keep pushing it on. You know, keep pushing, putting on them, Florida. I'm like, okay, now I can sit back and relax. St. Louis has got this. And my buddy texts me. He's like, uh, they're down 2 nothing." like, what? <laughs> no. That's the breaks, man. That's what happens. That's what happens when you gamble again. And I, I you know, I bet twenty bucks. It's like oh, I want my twenty dollars back, St. Louis. You owe me twenty dollars, St. Louis Blues. Won't bet on them again this year. Screw me out of twenty dollars. All right, we're gonna take a timeout. When we return, we'll talk some Cardinal football with our Cardinals insider Tyler Drake. That's next, right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on this Wednesday morning. Live till 9 a.m. here, and uh, we're going to talk some more NFL, specifically some Arizona Cardinals with our Cardinals insider, he is Tyler Drake with Arizona Sports, and he joins us right now on the Jeff Dean Show. Tyler, good talking to you, man. Welcome to the show. What's up? Yeah, long time no talk. How you doing? I'm doing all right on my end. I'm great, man. Oh, by the way, a happy belated birthday to you. I know that you were out on the links celebrating, and it uh, sounds like you've recovered from that. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. Thank you. Yep, uh, hit the uh, hit the old thirty. So uh, had to had to go out there and get some golf in to to make it a, a really good one. <laughs> well, you still got ten more years before your life begins, sir. So uh, life begins at forty. I'm a firm believer in that, especially since I'm forty five. So that's, that's hey, what I, I like believe that in. too. I'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk. Let's talk some Cardinal football because there's a lot of changes. You know, we we knew there were going to be changes this off season, and the news yesterday of Russell Wilson being traded away. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers potentially inking a $50 million a year deal has now kind of put the Cardinals in a situation where they're looking at Kyler Murray. And granted, he has extended a little more of an olive branch. He has invited their pictures back to his Instagram account, apparently. Uh, But where does this leave the Arizona Cardinals in their negotiations with Kyler Murray right now? You know, I think uh, just seeing the whole thing transpire with Russell uh, yesterday, I think, paints a picture of, uh, you know, it's. I think the Cardinals should have more onus on giving them that deal now, to be honest, just because the NFC West, I mean, if you look at it now, there's really, I mean, there's a lot of question marks outside of really Matt Stafford and the Rams. I mean, who knows what they do with Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. Seattle has Drew Locke and Jacob Eisen, Eisen right now, I believe it is. Uh, and, and so... It's just one of those things where it, it you need to have a franchise quarterback, and as much as the back and forth has just been pretty, I mean, it's a lot of nonsense. I'll be nonsense. I'll be honest with you. Like yeah. Kyler's statement, how he said he's not part of the nonsense. I actually wrote a sign. We have a whiteboard out here. I wrote a sign that says "Days since last nonsense," and it's been getting changed about every other day. So, do I think the way he's gone about it has been the best? Absolutely not. But. With the NFC West pretty much open outside of the Rams, I think you've got to just bite the bullet and pay him and, and kind of learn and, and hope that he takes that next, next step. They gave time and Cliff Kingsbury extensions, and they still need to see Cliff kind of take that leadership role, I think, for the next step. So why wouldn't you do it with Kyler? 
Yeah, you know, I mean, all joking aside, I made the joke yesterday that uh, that you know, once Russell Wilson is gone, uh, then you know, there, there's only one quarterback in the in the uh, in the NFC better than Trey Lance. Uh, you know, and obviously, all joking aside, right now, as it stands, with Drew Locke apparently, you know, he, and he's not going to be the guy in Seattle. There's no way they can go into the season with Drew Locke as their quarterback. He's he's not good at all. Um, but no. you know, I mean, Kyler Murray is essentially the second best QB in this division. And that speaks volumes. I mean, if you can have the second-best quarterback in a division, you got a shot. And as we saw, you don't have to win the division to be able to get to a Super Bowl or possibly even win a championship. So, you know, with this, with you know, with all this happening, um, you know, Kyler Murray kind of becomes a little bit more of a, a, a you know of a central piece now for the Arizona Cardinals than he was even before when when he was not the best quarterback in the in the division and and you know one of the maybe even the third or fourth best quarterback in in the division now all of a sudden he's vaulted to the second best yeah yeah and i and i and just i think just from the reaction you got from seattle fans and the reaction you get from the denver fans i think that tells you right there that that is how much a quarterback means to a team especially the caliber of quarterback that russell wilson is uh you know kyler might not be to that level yet to where russell was at his prime but i mean he's still he's still up and coming and and, yeah, I mean, he's really one of the most stable quarterbacks in NFC West now, which is weird to even say at this point in the offseason, but that's kind of where we're at. Let me ask you this, Tyler. Like, okay, we, you know, we're all, we've all been young men in our, in our days before, and you get, uh, you get connected with a really good-looking girl, and she's always kind of just, like, dropping hints like, I could find someone better than you at any moment. You're lucky to have me. And we keep going back to her. We keep taking her to the dance and all this other stuff. And in the back of our minds, we're constantly trying to protect ourselves from being left for the next guy. And at, at some point, you just realize it's not worth it anymore. You dump her and let her try to prove her, you know, her own words to herself. Tyler, you know, with, with Kyler Murray always just kind of leaving that, that apple dangling out there of, I can leave you guys any time for Major League Baseball. They always want me in Major League Baseball. I can always go have a lengthy, well-paid career in baseball. At what point do the Cardinals or the NFL, like other NFL teams, just say, you know what, we're not, we're not dancing with you anymore. We're, we're, we're tired of dealing with that. We're tired of trying to protect ourselves from your exit uh, at, at any given moment. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those weird uh one of those weird things you got to kind of tell the line with with just having that other option because not a lot of people have that in NFL. And the fact that Kyler can go back to that, I mean, right now he can't really go back to it because there's a lockout going on, but at some point that's going to be a possibility and I wouldn't doubt that, you know, his agent will, you know, maybe bring that up a little bit more on social media or or just anywhere, just you know, hey, we could just hey, we're cool. We'll just go play baseball now, you know, less injury chance maybe some more money right away. So it's just one of those things where you've got to, you, you have to kind of play nice, but you also have to realize like, you can't take advantage of me. Like, just like what you're going back with the, with the, uh, the girlfriend. I mean, you, you've got to, you've got to still take her out, but you've got to realize that, you know, <laughs> you can't get taken advantage too. So I think there's just, you've just got to tell the line of, you know, not, giving up too much, but also giving a little bit in return to make both sides happy at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, and, the, you know, the other aspect of it is, does he love the game of football? I think, 
I think Kyler loved the success that he had and winning the Heisman Trophy and, and having all the success that he had at Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley and then getting, you know, getting to be the number one pick in the NFL. And he's flashy, and he's got a, uh, you know, a, a head coach who's also an offensive coordinator that finds ways to put him in uh, you know, ways to succeed and, and, and make big plays. And at what point, cause I've always just kind of felt this about Kyler, that he just loves the game of baseball more. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we wouldn't still be talking about the potential of baseball if, if you know, if if you could really see him really loving football to that extent that yeah. you know these other guys that play the game do. Like, I mean, we'll go back to Russell Wilson. You know, for sure that guy is all in on football every single day of the week. Can we say the same about Kyler? I think, I think we could, but I, you know, I also think that the whole baseball thing is also a negotiating tactic. To be honest, like. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason why it's getting brought up way more, even when there's a lockout going on. So I just think it's one of those things where you just have to – I don't think that he's going to get that massive, huge deal that's going to break all the news, but I think he's still going to garner quite a bit of money just because they. I think they have to go all in. I mean, we talked about how Cliff and Time were, were hitched to the same wagon a long time ago last season, and I think that's kind of the same way that they were going to go about it with Kyler. But it's just when do you extend them? Do you extend them after year three like the other guys? But you also have to think, like, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Deshaun Watson, they got their deals months later, like in, in the summer. Yeah. So I know that they want to try to get a deal done before the draft, but it really just doesn't fit in line with how the NFL kind of goes about these big contracts after that third year. You know, you the, the three names you mentioned, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, they all have something very much in common and that they are better quarterbacks than Kyler Murray is. I mean, let's let's not you know, let's not even, you know, mince words here. They're just flat better quarterbacks and it's been proven time and time again and we're going to see it again once Deshaun Watson is allowed to be back on the on the football field. I mean, there were times when we were talking about Deshaun Watson as one of the top 3 or 4 best quarterbacks in the league. So when, when nobody says that about Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray is, is a fringe top 10 quarterback in this league. So to me, it just seems ridiculous that he would want to be paid like one of those players because he's not, at least not yet. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, and this is the thing I go back to. I did a whole whole story on just the, the comparisons of other contracts. And, and really, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson. I mean, from what I remember, you, you didn't have all this back and forth on social no. media. You didn't have all these statements coming out. You didn't have all this. You had, let's get a deal done behind the scenes. Let's make sure we're, we you know, save face and, and move on. And here's the other thing, too. All three of those guys have been to a championship game, won divisional games, been to a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl. I mean, it's just there is multiple postseason accolades that they have all three of those guys even Watson I mean I know he hasn't gone super far in the playoffs but he's still been there a couple times so the fact that you've been in the playoffs to a Super Bowl two championships I mean that just speaks volumes and for a guy that lost the way he did in the in the wild card game it just baffles me that he's going this hard when if you just look at the history of the other guys just wait a little bit longer and you know you might just end up getting it and we could have avoided all of this back and forth bad blood whatever you want to call it Talking with Tyler Drake, Cardinals insider here for uh, Arizona Sports right here on the Jeff Dean Show. Now, Tyler, let's talk about other free agents on the team. Not other free agents because Tyler's not a free agent, but uh, the free agents on the Arizona Cardinals. And you, you look at you know, you know, look at the list that have been compiled by 
the the you know the, the experts out there, guys who are scouts, and, and you know put together these top these top free agency lists. The Cardinals have two top five running backs as free agents. They have a top five wide receiver at free agent. They have a top two tight end at free agent. They have top players on the defensive line and in the secondary, uh, not in the secondary, but uh, in the in the linebacker position in the top five, slated in the top five of potential free agents this season. They don't use the franchise tag on Chandler Jones, which tells you everything you need to know about how the Cardinals feel about Chandler Jones. <laughs> Where are the Cardinals going to be spending their money? <laughs> you know, and, I, and, and that's the one thing I will say. I think that's why Kyler's trying to get on this extension sooner rather than later train, just because they have so many other question marks they've got to fill on that team. And, and you know, I think for me, I would, I, would put, I would put Ertz up there at the top. I'd put, you know, Max Williams even up at the top, depending sure. on how he's uh, recovering from his uh, injury. Uh, James Conner, that's a tough one. I mean, it, it just really depends on the market and, and how much other teams are going to throw money at him. Because, I mean, dude was second in touchdowns. He's going he's gonna to get something. He's going to get something more than he got last year. I mean, he was playing for hardly anything compared to what he did. And, you know, Chase Edmonds, do you want to keep the guy that's been around pretty much uh, like right when Cliff, before Cliff got there. So, I mean, it's just one of those things. I think they, like, personally, I think they could probably stick with Chase, let James go. I think he's going to be too much money. And then go get go get a guy in the draft and see if you can maybe uh, mold him a little bit. I know they got Eno. They tried to do that before. But, you know, a, a name that pops in my head, and I know down there you guys probably won't like the name too much, but Rashad White would be a very good piece with Chase if they could sure. figure that out. You know the market. I, I'm not exactly. I don't remember what the market is for for running backs. I think uh, you know a, a, a top tier running back. I know McCaffrey. I believe is the, is the highest paid running back in the league at like 16 million a year. Um, I, I mean, I I like James Conner. I, I mean, I I really really like James Conner, and I know the Cardinals do too. And it's nothing against James Conner. It's just you know you, you got 53 guys you got to give money to, and you know it's <laughs> it's 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 a situation where you know like the like the Packers if they pay. Aaron Rodgers fifty million, and they paid Devontae Adams seventeen million. That's sixty-seven million dollars. Now they've got yeah. what is it a hundred and would be a hundred and forty-one million dollars to spend on fifty-one players. That's not a whole lot of money to spread around to the other fifty-one guys on the football field. So you know you got to be careful, obviously, with you know with that situation. What right now is the Cardinals' biggest area of need? Uh, you know, for me, I'm going to say, I sound like a broken record, but I'm going to just keep going back to, you know, I think it's cornerback. I think yeah. they need to yeah. figure out another solid cornerback that they can put back there with Byron and, and, and Marco. You know, Marco's, Marco progressed pretty well for a rookie, uh, but, I, but I think they really, 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 really need to go get a top corner that can be that island guy that can just, go after their top player. I know Byron is, is, you know, that CB1 last year, but I think moving him a little bit around more and just having that guy that can just stick on their top player is, is imperative to them stepping up defensively, especially if Chandler is going to go elsewhere and, and whatever pass rusher they get. I mean, he, who knows? Somebody could come in and, and do just what Chandler did last year and have, what, ten and a half sacks over the season, but – it's just, I mean, you're going to lose all of his pressures. You're going to lose all that. So sure. I think if you're going to lose a guy of that caliber, you've got to have a secondary that can that can make up for, you know, having a quarterback that might have some more time than he usually did against this team. How about Rasul Douglas? He's a free agent. I mean, he had a really nice year in Green Bay. <laughs> Bring him back. I mean it. I mean, he's a yeah, ball he hawk. A great, I know he doesn't, he he doesn't cover anybody. He only looks for interceptions. But, hell, if he's a playmaker and if he gets you yeah. six picks in a season, that's a difference maker. 
Yeah, and, and, and you know that the Cardinals had to be thinking about that after he was a practice squad guy. <laughs> yeah, completely. I mean, they were like, whoops, we whiffed on that one. I mean, but, hey, I mean, it, it wouldn't be the first time that a pro team made a mistake and brought a guy back and he ends up balling out for them. I mean, it's like there's, there's yeah, always exactly. love there. Yep, exactly. And, and yeah, I think, I think but, I, you know, I think they got to go get a, a, get a name. I think, um, you know, I, I know everybody's going to say this, but J.C. Jackson would obviously He's an be incredible player. a yeah. boost for that team. I mean, they would have to they would have to break the bank probably for him, but I think that would be a signing that you you probably add a little couple more million there to make sure he's there, and, and I think that's a twenty times better fit than what Malcolm Butler was supposed to be last year. Sure, yeah, I mean, you know, the Cardinals back in the day they'd had to, they had to money whip players like J.C. Jackson, and a lot of times they were just used as a bargaining tool for other teams, anyways. And now they're a legitimate destination for players like a J.C. Jackson if they can find twenty million dollars to pay him. Uh, then you know that exactly. would be obviously a great deal. But I mean, the Cardinals, I think they still got sort of, you know more money that they got to spend, and we still got to think about DeAndre Hopkins. And that brings me to my final question: like, what's what's the deal with DeAndre Hopkins right now? You know, it sounds like uh, from the I believe it was the Super Bowl he was talking with Sexum and it was uh, you know he said he was ahead of schedule on his uh, recovery. So I mean, that's a good thing in his rehab. So I mean, that's. That's about the only update I really have, but that's a good sign. I mean, he, he seemed like he was in good spirits, and, and uh, you know, that's obviously that's going to be one of the main things to watch among the other, like, ten things that the Cardinals have to figure out this offseason is just seeing where he's at at the start of the season. And really, I mean, do you talk to him? Who does he like? Who does he want next to him? I mean, right. I thought A.J. Green was going to be solid. I thought I thought he was a thousand-yard receiver, and he, he had the opportunity to do it. He completely had the opportunity to do it especially with Hopkins out and he just fell flat and so he blew it yeah completely they've got to figure out that they've got to figure out that number two who knows if Christian Kirk uh sticks around or not but you've got Rondell Moore and DeAndre Hopkins really so you can move Rondell anywhere and then uh yeah. you just have to figure out yeah how what percentage of him is healthy and what does he think about this team and what does he want to see on the other side of it uh, real quick, I got about uh, about sixty seconds. What are the Cardinals targeting in the NFL draft upcoming? What you know, you for me, I, I'm going to say cornerback, defensive end, or linebacker, or defensive, just a pass yeah. rusher, and yeah. then uh, you know, I think probably a wide receiver. Just, yeah, that's I what think I'm thinking if they too. Can get a top <laughs> a top wide receiver. If they can get a guy to drop in the first round, I think they they could get a wide receiver. If not, I think taking like a Kair Elam, I think Elam is how you say it, or, uh, or uh, McDuffie would also be solid, solid picks there. At yeah, Trent, Mc, Trent McDuffie's hell of a football player. I think he, I don't think he's going to be available. I think there's going to be a run on corners early on in the first round, and I think he's going to be as good as gone. Yeah, and I mean, and, and but if you get a guy like that, you put him right with two Washington alums, and, and I mean, I you got to think that'd be a comfortable spot for him. Sure, yeah, absolutely. There's that whole uh, U-Dub connection there on the defensive side of the ball. All right, Tyler, I appreciate the time as always, man. If you want to follow Tyler, you can go to uh, at Twitter, at TDrake4Sports. He's a must-follow if you're a Cardinal fan or just wanting to get some NFL and Cardinals news, and he joins us. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk with him uh, throughout the offseason here leading up into the NFL draft anytime we need some Cardinal news. Tyler, I appreciate the time as always, man. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? Anytime. See you later, man. That's Tyler Drake right there, our Cardinals insider. You can find him on Arizona Sports on their website. He puts a, a column out uh, daily, sometimes twice a day, uh, always talking Cardinals, is, uh, is Tyler Drake and uh, well in the know 
of what's happening there and uh, also offering great opinions as well. All right, we're going to take a time out. When I return, I'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Just a couple of minutes here before we uh, wrap things up on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Be prepared for about 20 minutes from now for some kind of huge breaking news to happen in some uh, league somewhere, whether it's the NFL, <laughs> NBA, or Major League Baseball or something. I know the the owners hinted that they would be willing to go back to the negotiating table this morning. Whatever. that's The owners are just going to try to do whatever they can to try to make the players look bad and vice versa. The players are going to try to do the same thing. It's it's a war right now. It's a battle. It's, it's a battle of attrition, unfortunately, because neither of those sides are willing to budge as it stands right now. It's going to take significant loss of money before one of the two sides crack. And I don't know who it'll be first. You know, I don't know who's going to flinch. Um, you know, and be the first to uh, you know start to acquiesce a little bit to the other side's uh, demands. Not exactly sure because the players have dug in. Like they're like they're like, nope, we are absolutely we got we got railroaded the last time, and we allowed ourselves to do it. And look, I've talked to plenty of the players who agree. They just they didn't. They didn't have a full grasp of what they were agreeing to last time, and that's on their that's on them. That's their own damn fault. I, I don't, I, I'm not, I don't feel sorry for them. They negotiated their own deal last time, and they screwed it up big time. And now they're looking to recoup some of that and try to erase the mistakes that were made. And the owners are like, no, 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 no. You can't go back 25 years to the way it was and start negotiating from that. We have to negotiate from where we are now. And I get it. I understand both sides. Uh, I just wish that that both sides were a little more accommodating to listening to one another as opposed to just firing cannonballs from, you know, across the, you know, across the bay at one another, essentially. It's just, it's getting ugly. And they're just, the problem is they're just not willing to listen to one another. They're not willing to sit down and just listen. It, it just becomes a, it just becomes a mudslinging, cannonball firing food fight at some point you know as soon as they sit down and it's like screw you no screw you you screwed us no screw you and it's just it it's 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 not getting anywhere nobody's getting anywhere with it so hopefully we'll have some news in the days to come of a potential meeting possibly happening maybe in a dream world i don't know it ain't happening today though i can tell you that much even though they say we're gonna try to sit down no you're not it's just you're just trying to keep things alive, trying to revive the dead body that's sitting there in front of us, trying to figure out what to do next. All right, well, that's going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Tyler Drake for joining us, our Cardinals insider from Arizona Sports. You can follow him at tdrake for sports And, of course, thanks to Mary back in the studio for pushing all the buttons and keeping us on the air here. And stay tuned for Spears and Ali today from 3 to 6. They'll have all your news and opinions and fun and reactions and stuff. And I will see you guys again tomorrow morning right here on the Jeff Dean Show at 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson.
From the Casino del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson, KFFN Tucson, KWCX Tanka Verde, KMXZ HD for Tucson.